Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Oh my God. Oh my God. Fucking die, you bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we're talking about grief and I just... <laughs> fucking trying to kill a mosquito. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. I'm just so distracted. There's a mosquito in my room, and I feel like it's taunting me. <laughs> I feel like it's taunting me. I can't concentrate. It's the biggest mosquito I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, uh, I'm going to try my best to focus on this topic. That You know, Jenny, sometimes we brainstorm topics, and then other times... Life happens. Yeah. And we say we literally can't really talk about anything else other than this right now. That's exactly what happened. I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's so many things actually from this week. I feel like there's just going to be a pile on. Mm-hmm. But this is something that happened to you specifically. Mm-hmm. When was it exactly? Yeah. So uh, I I lost a, an, a very dear aunt, um, my mom's youngest daughter. Oh, sorry. My God. That's honestly, that was a Freudian slip. That's crazy. Um, my mom's youngest sister, this is six months after losing my youngest uncle. So in the past six months, uh, my mom's side of the family, my mom has lost two siblings and I've lost um, an uncle and an aunt. And this past death, I just really took me by surprise. And I, uh, I've, I've lost people before. I've lost grandparents. Um, I've I've lost friends of the family. I've lost close friends, and th- this this really completely destroyed me in a way that I uh, uh, other deaths have destroyed me. But this was just like it it com- it threw me through a loop. I just I still can't believe it. I'm still in the denial process of of this, and you know I. I just spent um, four days with um, my cousins sort of trying to figure out how to how to move on from this. And it was so astounding to me to see how everyone has different ways of dealing with with grief, with the loss of someone. And one of the like weirdest things is how, you know, in the Jewish religion, there's something called the Shiva. Do you know what a Shiva is, Jenny? I've heard of it, but I don't know exactly what it is. So Shiva in the Jewish religion, because each religion, I guess, deals with with death in, in a certain way. And most of the recent funerals I've been to have been Jewish, which you spend a week with your family in a, in a house. You cover the mirrors. You cut a, a piece, an item of clothing to prove you're not even going to shower. And you're just going to spend seven days sitting with your family, with people coming to visit, bringing food, and you just, you sit Shiva. It's sort of like part of the process oh. in the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. I've always found that to be really beautiful, actually. Yeah. I'm not religious. But there was something about that uh, process. And since it's religious, you have to do it. 
even people that don't want to look at grief in the face, they have to do it because it's religious. It's like the rule. And it's one of my favorite things of, of, of the Jewish religion. There's just, it's so interesting how like cultures handle it. Like you have in Italy, they pay people to like scream really loudly in funerals. You know what I mean? There's like a performative aspect. And then in Latin America, every funeral I went to was like hundreds of people would show up to the wake and it would be, it, you would have to do it in a big place. Cause like everyone would come, everyone in your community would come. And it, it's different here where I've been to, I've been to a few funerals here in the States and, and it, it, it feels very intimate. It feels more like a more intimate experience and none of them are better or worse than any other. But it's interesting how cultural context informs our grief. And I just feel very bicultural <laughs> in this process. Yeah. I feel like I don't fit in in anywhere. And also not fitting in into any religion also doesn't give me enough rules to just follow through the steps. Yeah, like a specific ritual of, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out our own rituals in our own ways, which is what my aunt did. My aunt wasn't religious, um, and and none of the none of the memorial services were religious. They were actually all uh, sort of they're not atheists. They were spiritual in a way. Yeah. And the way that my family sort of she was a really fun loving fun person. So we sort of came together and tried to have fun together, which is something I had never experienced in sort of a memorial funeral process is trying to have fun like and ultimately a lot of the fun was linked to just reliving things that we've experienced with my aunt i i don't know i i feel like as an adult losing people it also brings you very close to your own mortality Mm -hmm. and i'm just sort of like a jump like my brain is not functioning i'm like clearly still in the denial part of the grief stage and you know we'll, we'll be talking about the grief stages in a little bit but yeah. I'm curious, Jenny, for you, like what what have been big losses in your life and how did you deal with it? I would say the biggest losses happened back to back with my maternal grandparents back in 2016. And I mean, I still am affected deeply by their loss. And I sometimes felt silly because not everyone is that close to their grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. So the, I feel like not everyone understood right. entirely. But my grandparents, like my maternal grandparents, were essentially a second set of parents uh, because I was equally raised by both of them. And Mm -hmm. I spent most of my life with them in their house. So to me, it was like, again, losing parents. That's like the equivalent of the loss. I don't even see it as losing grandparents. Yeah. And then it didn't help that it was a, now I can say this in a lighthearted way, a two for one special, um, because my grandfather was supposed to be the one dying. He, I mean, he did, but he was the one going through all of this. And when he finally got sent home for hospice, my grandma was like, fuck this and had a stroke. She was like, I'm absolutely not going through this. I'm sorry. I beat you. She did. She beat him to it. He was the one dying for like a month. And she was perfectly fine. She was perfectly fine. I still play back these memories where I was I was like at the hospital with her and talking to her and ha- she was fully functional. Mm-hmm. She was cooking, she was you know, she was 88 years old. My grandfather was I believe 93. But the day that I think she realized, oh, he's coming here to die. Like he's, I think she had hope for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when she was finally told this is it, he's in hospice. The next day 
she woke up and had a stroke. And then she died some days later, but she died before him. Wow. I know you're an atheist, but I, I mean, I'll still say this regardless, because I'm, you know me, I'm, I am spiritual. And I, I do believe in ghosts and all that. But my grandfather was talking to my grandma after she died. Like, he's like, she's right there at the door. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting how that happens. So I was like, interesting. So yeah, she beat him to it. She's like, bitch, uh-uh. <laughs> so she's like, I'm not going to be around for your death. That is too painful. You're the love of my life. I'm, I'm 88, <laughs> bouncing. So she did. She fucking bounced. Honestly, and I love I love that level of petty of just like I'm you're not fucking doing this to me. I'm really sorry. I empathize. I think I do the same. If if my husband was like, yo, I'm out, I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I am. I'm not dealing with that grief on top of it. No, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, man. So that was probably, you know, the only time that I've ever experienced uh that level of grief. But I think what makes my situation a little more uh, screwy is that I don't think I ever went through any of the stages or at mm -hmm. least in the proper order because BuzzFeed fired me a week later. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you, you, you were fired right after you lost your grandparents? Oh yeah, and they knew this. I was supposed to visit my grandparents in May. It was like a trip that I had planned forever. And unfortunately, it coincided with, with all this like weird stuff that started going on with my grandfather. So I ended up having to stay in Miami an extra week. It was probably one of the two most grueling weeks of my fucking life. And despite that, this was when Pero Like was just created and we were dealing with a lot of pushback from the uh, shitty uh, higher ups at BuzzFeed. Um, you know how that is. And so I was editing videos. I was filming comedy videos while my grandfather was dying in Miami because I was desperate to keep Beto Like alive and to keep them from pulling the plug on Beto Like. And so I missed both of my grandparents' funerals because I had to go back to work. Oh my God. So I had to leave Miami before they actually died. For the sake of my job, for the sake of Pero Like, only to get fired, brutally fired. There's tons of articles that came out. It was really bad because me and Brittany Ashley, one of my coworkers, acted in the web series version of Hentified, which later became the Netflix series. So because I acted in a web series, BuzzFeed brutally fired two of their top performing trailblazing producers. And so what happened there? I couldn't grieve. I had to move. Mm -hmm. I had to start thinking about survival. I lost my health insurance. You couldn't you couldn't take a moment no. to be with your feelings. Nope. So I think till this day I'm like maybe I need to like find a grief therapist because I don't think I did this properly. It really fucked up the a healthy grieving process for me. Yeah, it literally seems like you were absolutely unable to sit with what what the loss was. Yes. And you know, you never really let go of that loss. I think that grief, it's always the same size, but then your life just grows around it. Yes. But like you need to como asimilar a new reality where they, they're not around in, in, in the way that they were. And I'm so sorry you never had the time 
to do that, to be with your feelings. You went straight to survival mode, which, you know, my my paternal grandfather, Papote, who's my only grandfather who's still alive, you know, he went through the Holocaust. He lost his parents at 12. Then he lost uh, siblings and he lost like his whole family. And so he, when he lost his son, I saw him in a, in a mode of grief. I've never seen someone else before. And I saw someone compartmentalize grief in a way that I hadn't seen. And I think it's because of that survival. He learned how to grieve through survival. Like he lost his parents, but then he had to survive. He lost this, he had to survive. And I think everyone's process is so different and and circumstances changes everyone's process. But then there's like these like, I don't know, there's like these stages everyone talks about, right? Yeah. The five stages of grief are apparently denial, then anger, then bargaining, then depression, and then acceptance. But I got to say, I'm having trouble believing that it like, this is my theory. I think it's very American to have stages of grief. <laughs> I, I I think it's very like, okay, um, we're going to just like figure out a perfect timeline where your feelings fit into. I, I do believe that that a lot of these feelings um gave me words, gave words to what I was, what I was feeling. I felt like I just, I couldn't. I could have wrapped my head around and and put words to my thoughts. Yes. The word grief in English, like, it, there's no equivalent in Spanish. And I, I'm so thankful for English for giving me a word that describes this sense of loss and sadness. In Spanish, it's like, el dolor cuando alguien se muere. That's like 17 words. Ah. The efficiency of the word grief to describe and put words to what I feel is like giving me a sense of peace. And I'm, I'm thankful now I have that, but... It it doesn't fit into a into this linear box and that ends in acceptance. I just think it's no. Like, it never goes away. It never no. goes away. No. I mean, you do accept you do accept the reality. Of course. But then, like, it's like a roller coaster. Then you think you're in acceptance, and then you go straight back to denial, and then you go. You know, you're just it's it's not a linear thing. It's like a cyclical thing. It's definitely cyclical. That's a very good way of ex- of explaining that. Mm-hmm. Because there's moments where you're fine. Yeah. And then something will trigger you or you smell something or you see something or you see a photo or um, anything. It could be mm-hmm. anything. And then suddenly the, the, the feelings come back. Yeah. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince. Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. But it's interesting because, like, I do feel also there's, a, like, a cultural element to what we're discussing. Like, going through grief in the States and having this, like, complicated process of explaining our family connections to a very business oriented world. Like, like on my time card, I had to put bereavement for two days. Like it just felt so structured and not spiritual. 
you just said, losing my grandparents, but like, I feel like I have to explain what losing my grandparents means to me. And that happened to me too. Like, I was really, really close to my, my aunt who passed last week. Like, I, oh my God, obsessed with her. We spent so, oh my God, we spent so much time together. We would party together. And I wow. find myself having to explain myself to work in a way that's like, oh, my, my, my aunt just died. But she was a really close aunt. Yes. And like in Latino culture, like, I don't think it's like that. I said, se murió mi tía. And immediately people are like, oh my God, that must be absolutely devastating. We're so sorry. And it's 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 a trigger a little bit to be bicultural in losing someone because I grew up very close to my extended family, particularly people like my aunt. I'd spend a huge portion of my childhood and a huge portion of my adulthood with her. She was part of my life consistently. She wasn't someone I saw once a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you guys reminded me of each other. Like when you did this beautiful tribute to her in your IG stories, I'm like, damn, she seemed like an incredible human being, super funny, super interesting. I can see why, you know, you loved her so much. Oh my God. It was, I, oh, she was so much fun. It's so bizarre. It's so weird that she's not around. And, you know, I, 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 I do think that like, you know, she lost her brother six months earlier. And I, as an atheist, I feel like this whole experience has been changing me. The past six months has been like really changing me because I just, you know, I know there isn't any rhyme or reason in yeah. life and losing people is part of life. And it feels so devastating. I always say like for something that happens to everyone, it should be boring, but it is so remarkable when yeah. it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like death, yeah. breathing is boring. You know, peeing is boring. Like all these things that everyone does are just things that are unremarkable. And death, which happens to everyone, feels so overwhelming and inhuman. It does. As humans, we always try to find reasons, patterns, and understand like what's going on. That's what makes us human. That's what makes us the species we are. I think it's re- like really interesting that we just haven't figured out how to process this and and also like what this even is. And I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me that she's just gone. Like there's just like no way that's the that's it. Yeah. And maybe that's just me because I have so much love in my heart that I just I just I don't know where to put it. Yeah. But I just I refuse to believe that's it. I just can't. I can't deal with a world where that's it, (laughs) you know? Like, I mean, for me, us being creatives and writers and stuff, and like, for instance, you know, with Hamster and Gretel that you're head writing on, like, you're bringing in your Venezuelan family into that. I bring my Cuban family into my work. And to me, I think that was a a way to creatively express my grief Mm. was through my abuela character, for example, right? It's like keeping her memories alive. It's helping me. So... Yeah, I know we have our stages of grief, but I think there's more, too. And Jenny, you voice the abuela that's based off my abuela in Hamster and Gretel in the show. Yes. Which joins us in our grief. Yeah. And ironically, my grandmother, my aunt's name was Belkis as well. So now I'm trying to figure out a way to bring the second Belkis into the show. It's all I've been thinking about. I already brought my yeah. uncle into the show. Yeah, I named amazing. I named a, I named a character under after my uncle. And she's, and she's going to live on through your yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I've, I've watched that episode like four times in the past week and I don't know why. I was like, oh, I need to figure out like a couple things. And it's like, no, seeing my grandma in this show, like she looks exactly like my grandma and she says, my grandma sounded like you. It's like she lived on. Aww. It's like she's right there. Yeah. So like, what a beautiful takeaway, Jenny, that like we can create stuff that lets us feel very connected to these folks that have transitioned, you know? Yes. And I'm not going to give up that that's still in more stuff that I'm working on. And 
there's always going to be elements of my grandparents. Like, I wear my grandma's jewelry mm-hmm. as for the abuela character. There's some props that I use in my videos that are from her. You know, so anything like that and, like, what you're doing even in animation is, like, it really is a big deal. And I think it's another way for them to continue living living on and processing for us. Like, dreams. Dreams. Oh, my God. My mom, when she lost her father, I, she's still in a process of grief. And it's been, like, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And she says that ever since he passed, he dreams with him every single night. I don't know. You know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm an atheist. I honestly don't know what I am. I just, I don't get any of this. I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) It's kind of how I put words to the existence of human life. Yeah. But like, apparently like family members that have passed have also like, when they were beginning their process, kept seeing and dreaming with family members that had already passed. So there's something weird about the subconscious or the dream state. I don't know what it is. But um, I feel like I've seen my family members and specifically my aunt in this past week almost every night in my dream. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like her coming to me and saying goodbye. No, it's like we just go to the movie theater. Like, it's literally the most boring dream. It'll be just like me saying like, yo, what's up, Tia? And she's like, hey, oh, are we going to the movies? Like, okay, like oh, you get the Sprite and then that's it. And it's like, it's not. You get the Sprite. Yeah, dreams are a big factor, I think, especially if you're not able to process it the proper way in your waking life. Yeah. Because it's been now, what? I can't do math, but 2016, they passed. So ever since then, I frequently have dreams with them, but not only with them, it's always in their house. Because I feel like losing that house was like losing a third relative. Well, it represented them. It represented them. It represented my childhood, how where I grew up. We weren't supposed to lose the house. That's a whole other story. So there's this feeling I have of like, I need that house back. I need to buy that house back. That's my house. And so that also haunts me because I'll have these dreams with my grandparents and they're not always good, I will say. Some of them are random, like yours, mm-hmm. but sometimes they you could tell there's like this heaviness or like I wake up crying, it's very, it's like intense. Mm -hmm. And there's always this feeling too of like, the house, the house, the house. And they both died in that house to top it off. So it's like, it's a lot, it's real heavy. Do you kind of wish that whoever's living in the house is getting like fun haunted? (laughs) But your grandparents like, hola. And they're like, oh my God, what was that? Did you hear that? (laughs) I don't think they're getting haunted because these fuckers have been there since they bought it so i'm like oh guess it's going well yeah i mean if they are getting haunted they're getting along exactly (laughs) so i guess they're cohabitating quite well Well, if ghosts listen to podcasts if your if your grandparents are listening to this uh we just want to let you know if you want to haunt a little harder that'd be great and then jenny can buy that house (laughs) yo you know what's crazy is my maternal grandpa i was very close to him he made a big effort to be part of my childhood and i was born the same day as him actually so we, he always had, we had a very special connection. But anyway, he also passed in his house in Caracas. Wow. Oh, man, my mom one day, like, I see that she's like a little out of it. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, um, I talked to the new owner of the house. And um, she told me a story that kind of left me sort of shocked. Apparently, the owner of the house, she had like a little niece that would come visit regularly. And the little niece kept talking about uh, a big, tall man with a mustache, which is how my grandfather looked, who would make uh, beans with sugar for her. 
And that's something my grandpa loved. And this little niece had no, I mean, how would she, you know what I'm saying? So this little niece kept saying that she, she had this, this, this friend who was a tall man with a mustache who would like make a beans with sugar for her. And these, it, 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 it like shocked the, the owner of the house. And like, she called my family and was like, um, yeah, this is happening here. <laughs> like, it, like, did someone pass here? And, and they were like, yeah, my, my grandfather passed in the room, in the main room. And he was a very tall man. They called him El Caballo because he was so tall. And he had a, a thin mustache and he loved carabotas con azúcar. It was so weird. Yeah. So that's like a nice haunting. I'm like, well, I hope, I hope, you know, I hope he, he be haunting. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd haunt us. You know what I mean? Like, show I hope up he here. be haunting. <laughs> Like, why don't, like, come haunt me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good with it. Like, Tia, if you want to come haunt me, like, I'm down. Like, <laughs> I want to come, I want to see you. Like, I mean, this is, this is, like, I mean, for me, right? Like, I sound so LA hippie, but. Bring it on. I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. For me, I've never been able to separate science from a greater power that was kind of the mastermind. of Because everything in this world just works a little too perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, to every little atom and cell and the tilt of the earth. And if it. It's even like a degree off where we just explode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this can't be a coincidence. There's no way this is just bullshit. Like something, something's out there. I'm very open-minded, right? So I'm not one of those like, I'm going to go by one specific book. I believe in a little bit of every religion. I believe in aliens. I believe in spirits. And I, and I, and it, to me, the world is so insane. The universe is so insane that nothing would surprise me. So even like the thought of reincarnation it makes sense we might as well recycle souls reduce reuse and recycle exactly yeah. i just you know i'm gonna tell you something really creepy right now okay because kids are creepy and <laughs> what does that even mean okay kids so, are creepy i'm in a house full of kids right now tell me well, why they're creepy because as you know kids have the sixth sense and they really do like they oh. they tend to see more spirits and they they can see you know anyway so I was in Florida not long ago, and I was with my best friend and her two kids, and one of them is seven, Mm -hmm. and his name is Orion, and he's very, very smart. One of the most interesting, creative kids I've ever met. And he was freaking me and Jesse out because (laughs) he kept saying, he's like, I have two masters. What? Yeah, just wait. He's like, I have two masters, and he's like, you know, I had another mom in New York. And I'm like, Orion, are you talking about a mom right now? He's like, no, in the past, past life. He's seven. He's never been taught about past lives. Jesse, his own mother is like, this is so creepy. (laughs) And what's weird about him saying I have more than one master is because there is a book called Many Lives, Many Masters, and it's about reincarnation. Stop it. Yes. Oh my God. So when you pass, you're, you're greeted again by these masters who instruct you on your next journey david my husband's the one who read it and he was very into it i've been wanting to read it but then now hearing orion a kid who is on the spectrum and Mm -hmm. to me makes him like all the more intelligent and just on a neurodivergent plane of thinking and so he was just like he just kept insisting like no i had another mom in new york oh the kid has never been to new york he was saying other things. He had a whole story about what happened with his mom. Oh, and then he goes, yeah, and then I ended up with my new mom. Oh my God, that's so freaking crazy. And again, like I have friends who have gone through hypnosis, who have gone through like 
past life hypnotherapy. So at this point, I don't knock it. I'm gonna be honest, I don't knock it. I'm like, okay. I don't knock it. At this point, I don't knock. I, I don't, I don't knock, knock anything. anything. Oh, God. Well, one thing is like shoving your religion down my throat and of in course, my uterus. Of course, fuck that shit. Um, but, but like, fuck wh- that. Whatever makes this experience more tolerable, I think there's it's just worth exploring. Of course it is, yeah. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. My mom has been seeing this median in, in, um, in Massachusetts. And, uh, she doesn't really tell me much because she thinks I like don't believe in it, which I kind of do. I kind of don't. I don't know what I believe in. I, 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 well, I'm it's not tough. It's it. tough to trust a medium, first of all, right? Yeah. Like I do believe there are good ones out there, but the thought of finding a good one <laughs> is overwhelming. But apparently, like she talked to my aunt before her passing. I didn't know this. Her her kids told me, and the medium like told my aunt something. The secret wasn't told to me. I don't know what it is, but it was a big secret. And my aunt heard it from the medium and it gave her like a sense of peace. Like, and she was like, oh yeah. And your parents know your parents have passed and your parents know and everything's good and whatever. And that's gave her a sense of peace in in feeling like there is a connection to the other, like what happens after and that it isn't, you know, it's not completely, it's, it's not nothing maybe. And it gave me peace knowing that it gave her peace. And this passing has been so weird for me because, um, or this transition as my, my cousin calls it, which I I think is really nice to call it a transition. Yes. Because it was someone who felt like life. She was someone that felt like life to me. Yes. And not like in the third act of life. She was in the second act of life. And so it doesn't fit the pattern my brain has made, which is like, oh, you grow old and whatever. And then after you grow old, you know, you start whatever. Even if people grow old, it's still the same amount of grief and pain. And I'm not saying it isn't, but this sort of of threw me off in the sense of like, this does not make sense to me. I don't understand why she's gone. I just don't get it. Like she was, she's not there yet in my head. Yeah. And trying to make sense of it is what sort of pushed me into sort of talking more about spirituality because, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I'm i inclined to think more like my dad in the realm of like everything has logic. Yeah. And it's so funny because I asked my dad a couple months ago, I was like, dad, what do you think human love is? Like, do you really think it's just like biology? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, how how can you express, you love me, dad. You love me in a way that is beyond words. And you think that's like just biology? And he was like, I mean, but is that so bad? Is that so bad? It's just biology. Is that so bad that the reason our species is so successful in this world is not just because of critical thinking and because we made fire and because we ate protein and all this bullshit, but it's because of how deeply we feel for each other. The fact that we feel so deeply for each other is what makes us such an incredible species and work together so well. And that's that's biology, but it can also be beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that works for me, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if this is all about like survival of the fittest for me. 
I don't, this narrative isn't working for my brain, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know the statistics, but a lot more of my friends are agnostic than anything. So it's kind of like, right. fuck religion. And I don't understand God entirely, but there's something more to this. Mm hmm. You know, and I think agnostic pretty much covers all that. I wish the word was prettier. I know, agnostic. 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 Like, give me like a beautiful word, like spirituoskic. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. You I know mean, what I, I guess meant. you can say, I mean, for me, when I say spiritual, in a way, that's like a form of saying agnostic. Though, again, yeah. I, I, I still lean a little more towards like, I believe in God versus I think agnostic means that you're not sure, but you believe in a higher power of some sort. But I think I've just experienced too much and I've had other friends experience too much. And my grandma used to deal with spirits mm -hmm. and I know other people who have dealt with spirits. And I even have like low, like borderline psychic friends, like <laughs> friends that are a little creepy on that, that they, that they feel things and they know it. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, no, there's more yeah. to this life than than this. Mm -hmm. Not everything has to be logical. I think our brains cannot wrap our minds around be the beyond. Mm -hmm. And I get it. There's people that want like this concrete evidence, just bam. Don't you miss heaven from when you were a little kid? Like the thought of heaven? Like the heaven that, that like they told us? Like, oh, it was, it's in the clouds, it's lit. Like, there's parties, and then, like, there's a swing set, and, like, everyone's there hanging, and everyone's, like, really happy, and there's an all-you-can-eat buffet at all times, 24-7. That's what I thought. I really thought that. Until, like, I was, like, eight, when I was, like, um, w w w we are in a plane, and I don't see heaven. I remember that clearly. I was like, yo, dad, oh what the my fuck? God. And he's like, that's condensation. That's actually, that's, that's going to be rain. And I'm like, wait, so that like, where, where's, where are my grandparents though? And he's like, they're not there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what's higher? And it's like, that's space. That's where the moon is. And I'm like, so where are, where, are, where are the people? <laughs> where are we at though? <laughs> where are we at? Where are the afterlife? And he's like, it doesn't exist. <laughs> oh my gosh. He said it in a way that was like, you can make your own opinion, but I don't think it exists. But you can, you know, and I was like, cool, I'm eight. Um, Got to got to refragment, figure out what the fuck. Thankfully, as a kid, you can ignore it because you don't think death is a thing for you. You know, you don't think it's going to happen. You Not, know? Yeah. It's so abstract. For, mo for most kids. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, no, it oh, happen anytime. You know, it's and it's going to inevitably happen no matter I what. Which I, I hate. I hate I it. It's all I can think about. I'm being such a bummer. It's all I can think about when I go to sleep. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty morbid. No one's surprised as soon as I say that. I love that you were shopping with me and you bought one thing that had a skeleton on it. Like, that was <laughs> what you gravitated towards. It's like a Halloween-themed, like, plate or uh, something like that. But I'm not one of those, like gothy whatever's that is like you know idolizes death or anything and no. death death freaks me out in many ways like i even get like weird about like buying coffin shaped things like so there's this mm -hmm. weird like spiritual abuela side of me that's like no mm -hmm. don't bring <laughs> don't bring but then everything else yes like i'll bring in all these other elements and i, I love ghosties i even want to have a ghost tattoo there's there's just something I, I love about ghosts and, yeah. and spirits and stuff, 
But um, I, I mean, again, the morbid thing for me is that like, I've always been a hypochondriac. And ever since I got diagnosed with Crohn's, I'm always having like a pain somewhere. There's always some health thing. And I'm like, right. ugh. So it's hard not to think about my own demise on a daily basis because of my health problems. Mm -hmm. And so many people around me are sick. It's like, Jesus Christ, like the world and like the shootings and, you know, uh, illnesses. And it's just, I mean, again, this is a definite downer of a conversation, but it's hard sometimes not to think about, hey, if I go to this concert, I might die because America. Well, yeah, like there's a lot of psychological tests done on, on people and how we see death. And people tend to believe statistically that it won't happen to them more often than it will happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people are like, I, I'm going to die at like 95. Mo most people think that. But that's not the case. So our, our brains are function in a very like positive outlook way. It helps us to believe positive outlook because it helps us to live life fully. And I'm not saying this as like, oh my God, we're all gonna die. But I'm saying like, yeah, maybe well. em let's embrace this positive outlook. And like, my aunt didn't want us to mourn in a funeral or in a in a church. So we had like a party. That's nice. And that's what she wanted, apparently. And we, we partied. We cried, we laughed, we danced, we drank, we ate. We had the, had the best raviolis of my life. Hmm. And it felt like a death life experience. Like, Yes, there's a death, but there's just so much life here. So like, I think this is the first time I've been to something that made me realize that this passing made me embrace life more. Yes. And I want to live it so hard and so wonderfully. And also I know what I want to do when I pass and I want a fucking party and I want like literally a bounce castle. Um, <laughs> I want a bounce <laughs> castle. I want a party. I want a clown like that is not creepy. I want the the <laughs> celebration on my passing to, it to be a celebration of all of the things that I did and like the joy of the life. And that's sort of what it was with my aunt in this past few days with my whole family. We had an incredible time together. We had a remarkable, we made memories. And I look up to my aunt for for really being explicit and, and with what she wanted. And it was very close to, to her death that she, she was able to communicate this. And... And I'm, I'm grateful because I learned a lot. The last week I've learned a lot. It's made me, it's, I'm extremely sad and I'm, I'm embracing the sadness. It's also made me want to embrace every element of life, except for this fucking mosquito in this room that I absolutely want to murder. He's been here since the, sorry, that ruined my beautiful speech. Let's ignore that. <laughs> ignore, ignore the mosquito. Do you, I don't know if you hear it. I can't stop hearing it. He was just such a dick the entire time I was being so, uplifting this motherfucker was buzzing in my ear whatever it's okay you guys get it <laughs> not really i would i would be saving that mosquito because i'm crazy but that's um, true you would be i've been trying to hit it with i don't know if you've noticed with this notebook like kind of secretly i've been trying to hit it maybe he's trying to teach me a lesson like don't take my life away I'm a mosquito, yes. but I deserve to live. honestly that's how i see like even before i went vegan i was always like saving ants and snails and bugs and it because that's that's actually the first thought that crosses my mind i'm like do you want to play god to this bug oh shit like you're right you, like this bug is living right now and you are gonna take its life away and that freaks me out there's something about it that oh, freaks wow. 
me out. Like recently, like two weeks ago, I thought I almost had to put my dog down. Yeah, as you I know. remember. And thankfully, yeah. she's still kicking. But I know that I'm, I'm realistic about the fact that she is 14, p- possibly older, and we, we're not going to have her that much longer. But man, that is going to destroy me. And I was looking up, do dogs go to heaven? <laughs> do oh dogs God, have do souls? Do-, do dogs go to heaven? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yo, I think there's like straight up, all of them go to heaven pretty much. There's like a couple bad apples. But I think it's like mostly dogs. I feel like there's more dogs than people. In it. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, for me, just dogs. Dogs are a very spiritual animal to me. I think in the way they've helped mankind for centuries, mm-hmm. they almost do resemble a very guardian angel-like yeah. form. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, there's just something about dogs and i think animals in general but there's again there's nothing really like a dog and human companionship you're right like the the animal kingdom is really vicious we're part of it yes and yes some dogs okay are like you know there's wolves and there's like you know whatever but dogs are so they don't make any sense like they can't feed themselves they can't do anything other than like love us and then we give them what they need and yes. they they feel you know that there's there were like MRIs done of, of of dog brains, and dogs feel empathy. Yeah, they feel empathy. They feel like deeply. Well, there's a lot of animals that feel grief though. Like there's literal like apes will throw little like funeral ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Elephants. Elephants. So that's also very fascinating. I know we didn't get to talk too much about that, but that's why for me, Mm -hmm. I do think there's something more to this world because when even animals Mm -hmm. are able to recognize grief, there's something, you know... Connecting us? Connecting us, yeah. Every time there's like a bug or something and I'm like, I always, I'm like, is there a way to save it? Then try to save it. You know what? I'm going to try and save this big ass annoying piece of shit mosquito. Um, because honestly, I think that's what you, I mean, and my aunt, I think my aunt would be like, have you learned nothing? Just like open a window. (laughs) If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 